Heyo! Kia ora, good like, and welcome into the 4th and Forever podcast. Stuart Bothwell here, flying solo once again, but uh, hey, no Darren, no Eric, no problem. Well, that's a bit of a stretch, I'd say. This is always a bit more challenging, making something remotely listenable when... You don't really have anyone to argue with or bounce things off of. You know, if it's just something you're doing last minute, it's kind of kind of tough. Anyways, as I mentioned earlier in the week on the Facebook page, uh, we at the 4th and Forever podcast have decided that we will have a little pivot and try something new. So where we have only really had one pod a week you know, because because of time constraints and, you know, <laughs> jobs that we all have. And um, we've mostly made those pods look back on the previous weekend's action. Well, from now on, we're looking to the future and take a closer look at the upcoming fixtures and what we believe could be the differences between the sides. Of course... This would usually happen with someone else for me to bounce off of, so I guess this week might just be a little one-sided, shall we say? So yeah, whatever. Anyway, as I'm alone today and don't have anyone else to bounce off of and ask how they're doing and, and all that jazz, by the way, props to, to, uh, to Darren Butter and to Eric Sanson for both trying to maneuver some sort of way to make this work for for some sort of pod this week, but it just hasn't worked for all of us to be able to align. So uh, I've uh, done the, the very noble thing and just said, I'll just, I'll just bloody do it myself. Don't, don't worry about it, guys. We shall proceed. We shall continue. It'll be interesting to see what happens when Darren comes back. I'll be hoping for a little bit of a three-way podcast dynamic. We'll see how that pans out. Anyway, we'll get to that. But first, a quick roundup of last week's scores, and more importantly, the Stuart Bothwell versus Eric Sanson picks competition. So, Thursday night football, the 3-0 Dolphins taking on the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Bengals run out 27-15 winners. Obviously, that very scary, 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 scary Tua Tungvaluwa injury uh, was the difference here. Both Eric and I had them, the Dolphins sound as winners. Don't think we really saw it happening in quite such a fashion, but um, yeah, well, it is what it is. Split the diff. Uh, in the London game, the Minnesota Vikings came out on top against the New Orleans Saints 28-25, thanks in part to a, a last-second double-doink field goal from Will Lutz. The Saints just allowed the Vikings to sneak back into it again, and that's the way it went. Uh, it was another split from Stuart and Eric there. Come on, guys. Just mix it up a little bit. Oh, here we go. The Browns, 20. The Falcons, 23 in Atlanta. And Stuart picked the Falcons in this one. Yes. I'll take that. Take that. One up to me so far. Uh, the Bills and Ravens, 23-20. And another excellent close game in this one. Um, Stuart and Eric both picked the Bills. Uh, just going to go Commanders, 10, Cowboys, 25. We both picked Dallas. Seahawks, 48, Lions, 45. This was just a, a real offensive slobber knocker. But if you ever want to see a game with defense, then just look away from this one because there was zero on display. 
Uh, now, <laughs> both myself and Eric realized quite late on that there was a few guys going to be out of the Lions lineup. We both said, yes, we'd probably like to change, but wouldn't have mattered either way. We'd still end up splitting it. So, uh, yep, we both said Detroit. Detroit did not win. Uh, the Chargers, 34, Texans, 24. Both two Chargers, of course. Uh, Titans at Colts. Uh, Titans, 24. Colts, 17. Eric pegs it back here, going for the Titans. Uh, Bears, 12. Giants, 20. Uh, 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 Eric, back you go. Stuart, myself. I picked the Giants. You picked the Bears, Eric. Oh, never, never do that. Just don't, just... Don't, man. They just shouldn't win any more games this year. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars snuck out to an early lead against the Philadelphia Eagles, but once the Eagles got their, their foot on the gas and Trevor Lawrence started fumbling all over the place, uh, they managed to rather comfortably win at 29-21. Uh, Eric and I both took the Eagles. Jets 24, Steelers 20, thanks to... Uh, Last second uh, comeback from the Jets at the hands of Zach Wilson. Uh, Eric and I both took the Steelers. Of course, who would have who would have counted on Wilson coming back and pulling that one out? Interesting to see how Kenny Pickett goes throughout the course of this one. A, a statistic that was very interesting was that Kenny Pickett had only three incompletions the entire game. All of those were interceptions, and none of them were his fault. So very interested to see how he goes the rest of the year. Cardinals 26, Panthers 16. Both took the Cardinals. Patriots 24, Packers 27 in overtime. Both took the Packers. Broncos 23, Raiders 32. Yep, Broncos were obviously the ones to give the Raiders their first dub. And to make it doubly disappointing for me, Eric pulls it back. Oh, we're on level pegging at this point. With only two games to go. Chiefs 41, Buccaneers 31. And of course, we both took... Yeah, we both took that? Yeah, we both took the Chiefs. <laughs> of course we did. Meaning that it went into Monday Night Football. Rams 9, 49ers 24. I went for the whole thing of 49ers just seemed to have the Rams number through the course of the regular season. Eric thought differently and was working on what happened in that playoff victory. And I come out on top. Meaning, your champion for week four is Mr. Stuart Bothwell. I thank you very much. I thank you. Thank you. You're too, too kind. It's okay. Hey, guys, like, we just eked out a win here, but a win's a win. Uh... Guys gave it 110%, but uh, you know, let's just let's just keep it going, keep this momentum going. We all know this is a marathon, not a sprint. Any more questions? No, because there's no one here. That'd be really good if there was actually someone like Eric to ask me questions about how great I am at these picks, which is not very. So yeah, tallying things up. Uh, add that here. Carry the one. Um, yeah, well, we agreed on a lot through this week, but I still managed to eke out the one victory advantage in this one. And so I believe that puts me up by two drinks so far, Eric. You'll have to correct me on that, if that's how we're going to be doing it. Anyway, given some of the, the slate of games that we've got coming up this week, 
I think just to mix it up, like I've I've had a look at what Eric sent me for his picks, and I've just gone, oh, I guess that's kind of what I would go for. But for certain ones, I've just said, no, you know what? Let's let's give it a mix. How valiant a hero am I? Again, it's just how I operate. Don't worry, folks. Anyway. Uh, this week's games, uh, looks like we've got a few not-so-great ones. Um, including the game that's already happened, and nobody won that game. Yeah, no, that's it. It was not a draw, it was, there was no, no winners, just two complete losers in the Colts and the Broncos. I mean, technically the Colts did win, but it really felt that everyone lost. Just nobody enjoyed that game. So much so that a lot of the Broncos, uh, quote-unquote, faithful, uh, just decided to leave at the end of regulation going into overtime because nine apiece, they, they felt they'd seen enough. Now, Russell Wilson has had a, um, a procedure on his shoulder, apparently, which he injured back in week four. So I don't necessarily know if that's um, going to excuse him for the rest of the crap play that he's had, along with the rest of the team. But anyway, I digress. Let's move on and just see how we managed to do this because I'm really kind of just going with feel as much as I can on, on this one here. And it's going to be difficult to to do. But again, I'm, I'm pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Let's see how we go. So Packers at... Sorry, Packers <laughs> welcome, technically, the Giants in the London game. Um... So the Green Bay Packers three and one, the New York Giants also three and one, I believe. Yeah, that seems about right somehow. Uh, Giants defense been pretty strong so far this season, uh, but this could be the closest thing they've had to a proper test at this point. Um, yeah, Dexter Lawrence is playing like an All Pro. Crazily enough, not just as a as a run defender, but he's been doing quite well in the. Uh, in the pass rush uh, through the middle with a 90 overall PFF grade. Um, Fabian Moreau on the outside has taken a real real step up as well, but it just kind of feels like this is a team that the the, the defensive coaching is, is kind of just working for them to a point. But it'll be very interesting to see how they cope with uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing at them this week, even if it is with a, a wide receiving core that's still finding its feet. On offense for the Giants, though, before we move on to the Packers, Andrew Thomas really taking the leap on that offensive line uh, to become the best graded left tackle per PFF in the league. Uh, properly elite. Uh, aside from him, though, still not great along that line. Still, Saquon Barkley making the most of his opportunities he's being given and has been slamming at home so far this season. Daniel Jones is still a middling quarterback at best, um, and he, but he's not really getting much in the way of help from his wide receivers. So it's a it's, it's a real if he wants to try and you know, find a way find a way to pull this one out here and make sense of it and like whether or not he's good. But uh, it, it is what it is for Daniel Jones at this point. You know, Kenny Kenny Galladay must surely be on the way out. Um, and may need to be cut rather than traded due to his monstrous cap hit. Uh, Packers, on the other hand, perhaps m moving themselves closer to being a properly strong team on offense. Uh, Romeo Dobbs looks um, pretty solid, um, and he's stepping up nicely after a few 
iffy points early on. Randall Cobb is um, looking pretty good as well. Not back to his, um, you know, second tier best or anything from from his first run and go with the Packers, but doing doing all right, doing all right. And Lazard probably a middling receiver as well. But if you've got like a breadth of decent but not great receivers. It might just be enough for this Packers offense to function. I'd be a little bit concerned about the the line still at this point. Like David Batiari is far from his best, um, and Elton Jenkins has not been performing to his usual standard either. Um, in the backfield, they've just got a great one-two punch of uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. So, you know, if if you've got that to to run with, then maybe just try and force it through there a little bit more. And of course, you can use um, Aaron Jones in the passing game too. Um, for the Packers' defense, they've been up and down. I think it's a big, big thing that uh, Jair Alexander looks like he's actually going to be good to go in this one as well. Uh, Rashawn Gary finally overtook Chase Winovich in the, uh, uh, the bet that I had with Mr. Stephen Hope. Uh, yep, okay, Steve, you finally got it. Took your time, but yeah, Rashawn Gary is um, very good, I'll admit. But yeah, like, the, this Packers defense was supposed to be like potentially special, but it's just not quite pulling itself together to that extent. Still, should be good enough that the Packers get the win, and both myself and Eric believe that will be the case. Now, moving on, um, we've got the... Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, the first overall ranked uh, team per PFF. Uh, just still looking great on both sides, despite a slew of injuries, which are really, really hurting them. Um, they're still finding ways to put, like, like trot out a functional team. Uh, and I think a lot of it is to do with that, like how that pass rush and the defensive side is just helping from both sides. Von Miller has been just spectacular again, getting back up to his, uh, like, just like near enough some of his best Denver days um, with a, a 90 overall passing grade, sorry, pass rush grade. Um, or actually, is that, is that just a defensive grade in total? Let me have a quick check. Stay with me, folks. Oh, yeah, just 90 overall defensive grade. Um, and Gregory Rousseau stepping it up as well. On the other side, Matt Milano has been the, the best linebacker in the league, pound for pound, so far. Um, yeah, they're, they're, just, they're just managing to pull it all out, but you've really got to worry about just how many players seem to be like disappearing from that team. Um, on, on offense, um, obviously, Stefan Diggs is still going absolutely fantastically so far at the gate. Josh Allen is still like for the most part playing well although he's just had maybe a, a little bump in the road after the first couple of weeks but it'll be really interesting to see how he goes up against a Steelers team that just does not seem to function without TJ Watt in the lineup um I, I know that Eric would be wanting me to point out yeah but Minka Fitzpatrick's playing like an all pro and just uh, just nailing out the park Cam Hayward's still playing well Fitzpatrick's just a guy who's been in the right place at the right time. It can't always be there all the time. And he needs to make other plays. He's had one game this season where he's been absolutely spectacular, another one where he's been very good. 
but it's that consistency uh, I don't quite believe in personally. Um, but that's not to say that he won't cause some major problems in this one. Um, Gabriel Davis hasn't exactly been on fire so far this year after many people were touting him to really step it up. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie looks like he's going to be back in the lineup from the slot and we've seen him actually really step up into that role and um, the offensive line for the Bills, you know, Deion Dawkins playing well, but it's just not quite as you would want it to be, perhaps. Um, but with Josh Allen's ability to move around and that real lack of any real threat on the the defensive side other than maybe Cam Hayward and like sorry credit where it's due Alex Highsmith's been good and yeah but I think Allen will have their number in this one um I do like how Cam Sutton's going for for uh for Pittsburgh though on the other side though Kenny Pickett making his first start at quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers he was throwing some real dimes uh, in his uh, in his first action, in his first half of football last week. Um, but like, will will this be really the right time to put him in here? It just seems like a really really brutal thing to do to a young quarterback. It's it's all well and good putting him in against a, a Jets team that is still finding its feet, but when it's when it's the Bills. And your offensive line is not good. And you're up against Vaughn Miller and Gregory Rousseau and Matt Milano there and Edmonds. It's oh god, it's just I'd be I'd be a bit concerned for Kenny Pickett's safety here. But he's a confident guy. He's going out there, he's saying that um he's just gonna deal it. He's gonna gonna throw it up and give his receivers a chance to make plays. And um whether you believe that it was due to the play calling that that wasn't happening before, or if it was due to Mitch Trubisky, I guess we'll see. But, oh man, it's, it's a hard spot for him. Um, Eric and I both took the bills in this one, though, so note that one down. Uh, yeah, I think that, that that should be quite comfortable for the bills. But maybe Kenny Pickett's about to show that he's capable of, uh, of really leading this team somewhere. Don't count on it. The Los Angeles Chargers face the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Um, two relatively middle-of-the-road teams here at the moment. Um, and I think that certain in, like, you know, obviously injuries have taken a, a really key part in that. Um, obviously, you've got... On, the, on the, the Chargers' offensive side of things... You've got Justin Herbert, who's been hurt and not been protected nearly as much. And that offensive line just got way, way worse. Um, losing your left tackle for the season is going to be a, a real, real problem. Especially the fact that you're already struggling for health in your wide receiving core with Keenan Allen going out. Uh, but yeah, the, the loss of Rashawn Slater, I think, is going to devastate this team's chances uh, of, of like being a properly good offense. But, you know, Justin Herbert is a really special player. Um, if he can hold his body together and um, hopefully his lungs won't collapse uh, with any sort of medical mismanagement, 
then you know he's still capable of dealing, especially on a team that is um, underperforming as much in the defensive backfield as as Cleveland have been. Denzel Ward has just gone from being one of the top young cornerbacks in this league to being one of the worst. Um, he has, has really been trending in the right direction, but this season he's just been rather, rather poor. Miles um, Garrett, I believe, could be back for this one, which would be uh, a real problem for new left tackle, uh, what's his name? Jamari Sellier. Um, yeah, I'd be concerned about that if I was a Chargers fan, which I'm not. And on the other side, if Jadavian Clowney is good to go, Clowney's having a, an excellent year as well. I'd be, yeah, I'd be concerned about how you're going to be protecting Justin Herbert. I would be trying to just use the quick screen game or whatever you can. Just get the ball out of his hands as quickly as possible if you want to have any shot of, uh, of winning this one here. Um, on the other side, so for Cleveland, uh, Jacoby Brissett has been playing pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, two seconds. I need to have a wee sip of my Earl Grey. I've had too much uh, beer over the last little while, so reverting to tea for for this one at least. Yeah, Brissett's still being protected pretty well back there. Um, like Joe Batonio, uh, Wyatt Teller, Jedrick Wills has been maybe the most average player in that line. Uh, Amari Cooper and Brissett seem to be getting together for a little bit of uh, uh, a, a good good combination. And Brissett's been finding Joku as well. But the real star in this backfield at the moment is Nick Chubb, who is running like the best running back in the league. And having if he ever has to go out, then he's dispelled by Kareem Hunt, who is also an exceptional running back. But yeah, Chubb is uh, playing at another level at the moment. He just has this burst. He gets up to speed so quickly. And then he has this other speed that he just uses to get get past people to, to other extents, and it's uh, it's impressive. And when you've got a team like this that's going up against a team that's now going to be missing Joey Bosa for for a considerable period of time as well, uh, I, I'd be I'd, I'd be watching what's going on with this team. Um, obviously, you've got Khalil Mack still on the other side. Um, but the rest of the team's just looking a bit bang average at the moment. Apart from JC Jackson, who's actually looking probably worse than Denzel Ward on the other side. So I'd probably be concerned about that. I think Jackson's not fully fit yet. Um, but if, if, if I'm San Diego, I... Sorry, San Diego. If I'm Los Angeles, I'd probably keep Derwin James near Amari Cooper and David Njoku at all times and just allow him to kind of roam around there because... Someone is going to need to stop that. I think that Brissett could actually start dealing a bit in this game if he's allowed the opportunities to do so, but don't put it anywhere near Derwin James and there's a chance that you could do well. But they're going to keep trying to pound it on the ground and that's why I believe that the Browns are going to win this one, whereas Eric goes to the Chargers. So that's our, our first one to, to tick off there, one versus the other. And moving on, let's just see what we got here. We have the... No, not that one. Oh, God, this one. Fine. Texans at Jaguars. So I'm aware that the Texans have the Jaguars number somehow. Uh, I think the 
the Jags haven't beaten the Texans in something like nine games, which is astonishing. <laughs> how is that? How is that even possible? I don't get it. And um, yeah, but like it, it, it can't happen this year. Surely, like the Texans are not in a good place. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in a better place than they have been previously. And that should be enough to, to get things done. Pop quiz for you, though. Which of the two quarterbacks starting in this game has the better PFF grade overall? I'll give you a moment. Well, you know that if I'm asking you this, it's because it's Davis Mills that has the best uh, like offensive grade of, uh, of 70 compared to uh, Trevor Lawrence's 59.8, which isn't fantastic. But I think a lot of that was put down to the dreadful game he had last week. Trevor Lawrence, like, you know, maybe it was the rain, maybe it was just the fact that he had guys in his face all the time, but four fumbles lost as well as an interception. That's going to affect your grading a lot. But this Jaguars team, like they're they're going in the right direction. They're they're finding wide receivers to step up at the right times. Zay Jones has a great week one week. Christian Kirk has a great week the next week. Marvin Jones Jr. still having like moments where he pops up and shows it. Uh, James Robinson is a man reborn in the backfield. Travis Etienne is getting involved. Evan Ingram popping up from time to time as well. And both lines are playing about average. I I think. It kind of kind of looks like that, but yeah, it's 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 not a great team. I don't think that they're anything special by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but they're they should be good enough to beat a Texans team like this. Um, I think that one of the interesting matchups to watch will be uh, the other Josh Allen versus Laramie Tunsil, because um, Tunsil's easily the best graded player on the Texans offense and Josh Allen is far and away the best player on the Jaguars team with an 89 overall grade per PFF by the way um yeah for for the for the Jaguars defense as well they they pop up from time to time uh Trayvon Walker is just showing these flashes of how special he he can be but you're just waiting for him to take that, that extra step and really, really cement himself. And if he does, that's going to be like like two amazing cornerstones in pass rush that would uh, really make a difference for the Jaguars. Tyson Campbell looking good at cornerback as well. Um, for the Texans, though, you got Damian Pierce looking really good at running back, as I keep sort of alluding to, but never really spending too much time on because... Let's face it, who really wants to talk about the Texans? And yeah, I, I don't know. Again, who really wants to talk about the Texans? I just don't. <laughs> I have no interest in doing so. Um, for the for, for for the offensive unit, you know, Nico Collins and Brandon Cooks both looking looking all right, but yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not a spectacular offense by any stretch. Uh, on the on the defensive side, it, it's maybe marginally 
Is it better? No, it's not. It's it's worse. Uh, Jerry Hughes is your, your your best player in there, and you look around the rest of it, and it's just average to below average to terrible. Um, I, you got a feel for likes of Derek Stingley Jr. Though he is really being thrown at the deep end here, and being asked to uh, to, to to just just jump into the fire on on the other side from Steven Nelson. Who's you know a good good cornerback in his own right, but when when if you, it just feels that if you're a cornerback and you're out on an island like these guys often are, and there's not good enough players to support them in behind, and the uh, the pass rush isn't, isn't getting home, it just makes that job a lot more difficult. Uh, in this one, we both have the Jags, but I'm I'm aware of that fact that the Texans just for whatever reason have this crazy like have this crazy number on them but yeah we'll both take the Jags uh, Bears at Vikings oh good lord I just I can't with these Bears um like I think it's worst offense in the league uh, second worst defense in the league they just kind of locked into getting some sort of results over the last little while the the offense just stinks. Um, Justin Fields is playing like the worst quarterback in the league, but he's got no real options out there. It's just it's 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 sad to see a team as bad as the the Bears are. Yet they have two wins. How on earth is this the case? I bleh. the mind boggles. It really, really does. But like. Now, I'll preface this by saying we like both Eric and I have picked the Vikings. And I think that everyone else will too. But does this not just feel to you like a a Vikings throwaway game? That they'll go into this just just feeling as if they're entitled to win it? And then throw it away? No, me neither. <laughs> no, I'm looking I'm looking at like at both sides here. The Vikings, the, the, the offense is really, really capable of being really good. Um, like you've got an, an excellent wide receiving core. Kirk Cousin is, is your your middling meridian quarterback. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Alex Matson playing well in the backfield. The offensive line is looking good. It's like this should be a good team, but they just never quite step up when it's like a big game. So the fact that this isn't a big game at all, really, this is one that they should handle pretty well. Um, the Bears defense, you're basically looking at Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker as your, your main guys back there, and everything else just looks um, nasty. It does not look good at all. Um, whereas, again, on, on defense for the Vikings, there's, there's elements of something decent there. And Cameron Dantzler had a great game last week. Um, and then the rest is kind of average. Daniel Hunter is still good. Dalvin Tomlinson is having a, a like potentially a sort of career year level. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think this one should be much of a contest. So it probably will be because it never goes quite the way you think it do. That's that was terrible English. I do apologize. I'm just gonna move on. Lions and Patriots. Um, now. 
for me, this will kind of depend on who's starting at quarterback for New England because I think it's supposed to be Bailey Zappi. Um, and I mean the the Lions' defense is historically bad, like really so bad. Um, the statistic of what is it? It's the the highest combined points conceded and points scored from a team in NFL history over the first four weeks. And apparently I don't think it's even particularly close. <laughs> but like the the Lions defense, it has moments where you're like, that is a good looking defense. And then Uruwarie is just garbage. Jeff Akuda started off the season pretty well and he's just giving up play after play in the last couple of weeks. It's just something's fallen off. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez, Rodrigo from, uh, uh, oh, what's it called? Hard Knocks fame. Still looking good. Aiden Hutchison, flashing, but, you know, you, you got you got to do more than just, just flashing games that end up, you know, not mattering because everyone else is crap. Everyone else has to pull themselves up here. If everyone else can get themselves up to at least average, you'll have a better looking team there. For the Patriots... Offense, I, I, like like Bailey Zappi, everything was just a bit slow in his um his debut coming in for Brian Hoyer after his injury. Um, but he kind of got it done. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen in this game is that the Patriots running backs, the one-two punch of Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris, is going to get shoved down the throats of the Detroit Lions. And they're going to have to stop that. Just every now and again, might say, you know what? We'll we'll pass on them just to keep them honest. Just say, right, Devante, you go out and on, you go out on Oruwarie, uh, and just do your thing. Give Bailey some easy ones. This this has like a two hundred yard rushing game written all over it for me, unless that Detroit offense comes out the gates hot, you know. Jared Goff is dealing. He's throwing all these touchdowns all over the place. Um, he's, he's managing to put it up there. I think Amon Ross St. Brown will be back in this one, which will be really, really important for them. Uh, Jamal Williams in the backfield is just smashing it up. Touchdown machine so far this year. Uh, I think DeAndre Swift is still going to be out, but you know, it would be good if they could get him back in. That good one-two punch. TJ Hawkinson went off last week as well, um, which made Jared Goff look extra good. Um, and yeah, the, the, the offensive line is all, all working from like good to very good sort of level, which is in offensive line terms, on the whole, very good. And it's just it's just a fun team to watch right now, based on just how crazy bad the defenses and how decent the offense is watch out for josh reynolds by the way he's going to start having a, a bigger role in this it's he's, he's been playing very well so far this year and um i think he's gonna be matched up in the likes of jalen mills in this one and mills is having a god-awful year um 29.3 pff rating the lowest of his career by a a long way obviously that'll come out over the course of the the rest of the year and stuff but yeah there's there's some problems there um, yeah, that defensive backfield, 
for the Patriots just doesn't look all that great either. Jonathan Jones is your your one outstanding player, but you need more to really step up in this team here. And in this one, Eric has gone for the Lions, and I have gone for the Lions. Although this kind of feels to me that like it's just a case of the Lions defense might be so bad. Oh man, who who wins the coin toss? At the beginning. Because if the Lions win the coin toss and then they, they go out and they put up the points, if they manage to, to get a get a turnover early on, if the offense can continue on the trajectory it's going on at the moment, then they might have the Patriots out of sight. Alright, so that's not going to happen, is it? Now that I've said that. The Seattle Seahawks take on the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans. Now, the offense for Seattle has been very good. They've been excellent. Like, it's, it's really picked up. Geno Smith, the top-graded quarterback for PFF at the moment. It's ludicrous. Extra sad as a Broncos fan, of course, dealing with um, Mr. Unlimited Russell Wilson at the moment. Um... Gino's doing it behind a bang average to below average offensive line. He's got some really solid weapons at his disposal in the course of uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Noah Fant is uh, stepping up a bit last week. But Rashad Penny is averaging something like six yards a carry in the backfield. This is just playing right into Pete Carroll's hands. He loves this. Like, oh man. I dare not think the sort of things that Pete Carroll is doing within the privacy of his own home, seeing his two and two Seattle Seahawks with uh, number one PFF created Geno Smith, and um, that god awful display that Russell Wilson just put on for for the Broncos. I think it um, it makes Pete Carroll feel very very good right now. Now on the opposite side of the ball, the Saints, Marshawn Lattimore. It kind of feels like he plays well against big physical wide receivers. So how will he do against a DK Metcalf, who is not only big and physical, but he's he's fast as well. Um, and you've got Paulson Adebos stepping up on the other side after his return from injury. He's not had much time to really get into the swing of things yet, but uh, already already grading better than Lattimore in the limited uh, sample size. Um, Mark Stavenport playing playing all right. Cam Jordan playing good. Uh, Demario Davis is a really solid linebacker up the middle there. But man, I just had to say I love seeing Tyron Matthew in a New Orleans Saints uniform, especially those new uh, uniforms that they debuted in London. Oh man, that that just looked nice. I have to say, it it fits you, sir. Uh, and I'm sure he loves being back there in Louisiana. But uh, the Saints still one in three after that um, that unfortunate incident in in London, uh, and they will have Andy Dalton at quarterback again. Now Dalton played played well, um, and this is a, an offense that that I think can can function and function well. Alvin Kamara, if he comes back in at, at halfback, that'll will work out nicely for them as well. Um, offensive line still real solid across the board for the most part um, particularly 
I want to shout just James Hurst. I think he's getting a bit of pop lately. Um, playing playing pretty solid, sitting in a left tackle there. Um, uh, Chris Olave looking real good at wide receiver. I believe that Michael Thomas is still going to be out for this one. But if you've got Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, and Marquez Callaway as your wide receivers, that for the most part should be enough to cause a Seattle defense which is patchy at best, some problems. Um, I'd be I'd be particularly looking into that slot as well because I think that um like Kobe Kobe Bryant's been having some problems, um but and then you you might want to just stay away from Tariq Woolen at the moment because he's uh he's been quite impressive over the last couple of weeks. He's maybe finding his feet. Maybe you know he's still giving up some plays here and there, but. He, he looks handy. But, yeah, the, the Seattle defense has been the, the, the downfall, effectively, of this, um, of this team. Because the offense has been really, really good. Who did I say in this one? Oh, this is one that we did not go the same way on. So, Eric's gone for the Seahawks, and I've gone for the Saints. I think that at home... With Dalton at the helm, just being told to slow it down a little bit, this could work out in the Saints' favor. Don't feel great about it, but I feel good enough about it to say that, you know, Gino can't win them all, especially with that bad defense on his, like, I guess, against him. Sorry. Uh, the Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. So, the Dolphins obviously started. A bit up and down, a bit hot with that massive game from Tua, but now it will be Teddy Bridgewater in the lineup. And you've got a few potential injuries here. Apparently Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both questionable going in, uh, as is Teron Armstead. Uh, you've got to be a little bit concerned about how that's going to how that's going to pan out. Um. But yeah, I would, I would imagine that both Hill and Waddle will be good to go. Uh, and if they are, I think Teddy Bridgewater can can help do a job here. That being said, this um, cornerback duo for the for the Jets is solid, really solid already. Uh, DJ Reed Jr. is um, grading very very well. He's been really blanketing people, and Sauce Gardner is earning his title of Sauce so far. He's He's really getting all over you. That sounds terrible, um, but yeah, like I, I don't think that this Jets defense is as bad as people think it is. I think that there's well, there's some problems on the very back end, but like the cornerbacks looking good. Jonathan Franklin Myers is good as, a, as an edge rusher. Um, perhaps um, is it uh, Lawson? Yeah, Carl Lawson is maybe still finding his feet after his injury. Um, and then up through the middle, you've got Quinn Williams is having his best season as a pro so far and uh, really, really causing some problems. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, they're not great. Not saying that by any stretch, but decent. And, yeah, I, I maybe just keep an eye on some of those injuries and how they might affect the game. 
On the other side for the Jets, of course, they're struggling for offensive line health a bit. But Zach Wilson's back, and he's going to give you that additional mobility. It, se it seems that Wilson, when given time and not made to panic, can can really sling it. He's got like a he's, he's incredibly smart. He's got a good a good arm on him, but once he's panicked. That's when you start seeing the really silly decisions coming out. But you've got a good wide receiving core out here in um, Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. Brees Hall's showing up as well in the backfield. This is a team that it could just be about to come together. Uh, but this Dolphins defense is quite good. Um, I think that Xavier Howard can, on his day, like take away players. Um, but the real star so far on, on that side has been Kato Kohu, um, the rookie out of Texas A&M. And yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's up there for like <laughs> sort of Pro Bowl consideration at this point in the season, which of course is stupid. The consideration for at this time of year and also the Pro Bowl in general is stupid. Uh, Christian Wilkins is... is like getting home in this one too, and you got like Javon Holland is one of the best safeties in the league at the moment as well. Um, for I also just want to go back very briefly and to talk about Elijah Vera Tucker for the Jets on the offensive line side. He's been shifted about all over the place. I think he's finding himself back at right guard this time, but he's been filling in at left tackle. Uh, through the course of uh, this time with the absence of Dwayne Brown after uh, Mackay Becton went down earlier on. Yeah, he's um, really proving his worth at this point because he's grading very well at, at any position that you put him on and it's just all part of his versatility. In this one, we both took the Dolphins, but you know I've got this sneaky suspicion that the Jets are going to hang in here on this one. I don't know why, because it just feels that like that should happen, I guess. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons travel to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. And the Bucs, I think they've just had a really hard time of it this season based on the, the teams that they've gone up against. And maybe this is where they're about to just start pulling out all the stops because they've got... Um, so you've got the Falcons this week. Steelers next week, then the Panthers, Ravens would be an interesting one, Rams, Seahawks, yeah, so like this, this is probably where you're going to see the Buccaneers start to kick into another gear, because they are not a bad team by any stretch, their, their defense is still outstanding, and their offense, when healthy, is still one of the best in the league. Do not make a mistake about that. That is absolutely a fact. <laughs> Even if the offensive line isn't fantastic at the moment, they're a bit beat up. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is still there. He's still excellent. Uh, is it Chris Hainsey? The, no, Robert Hainsey, sorry, the, the, the center. Uh, still playing well for them, patching up nicely. Mike Evans returned and had a two-touchdown performance the other week. Julio Jones, I think he's coming back from his uh, his calf injury. Um, yeah, he's listed as questionable for this one. Um, 
And of course, uh, I think uh, Chris Godwin might be about to come back too. And in the backfield, Leonard Fournette and uh, Rashad White. Not been great so far, but it's because they've never really had an opportunity to be. And Tom Brady, he's honestly had a pretty good year so far, but you wouldn't know it from looking at the statistics and certainly not at the win column. But um, yeah, I, I'm as much as I like the Falcons as my berserker team, this looks like a mismatch to me. I think um, uh, on, on on defense, you know, you maybe you got AJ Terrell has not been having the great start to the year, but we know what he can be if he gets moving right. But there's just a lot of uh, missing pieces on that uh, that Falcons defense, but they just seem to be quite well trained. I think that they're kind of pulling it out a little bit better than they should be. Speaking of pulling out a little bit better than they should be, that offense has been performing very well uh, for for the players that they've put together, really. And um, like they'll be missing Cordero Patterson, who's on IR for the next couple of weeks at least. Uh, Marcus Mariota is just, he's getting interesting. He's keeping them in games. And he's um, finding, finding targets like Drake London is out there. Kadaro Hodge is playing well. Uh, Almeida Zacchaeus. Um, but you're going to be missing Kyle Pitts in this one. Uh, but to be honest, he's not been that great this uh, this year. Uh, someone who has been great this year, though, is Chris Lindstrom. Uh, right guard. Um, he's just coming from strength to strength uh, each season and has been the only one that's done so on that uh, that Falcons line. He's looking like absolute nailed on all pro at this point. And um, he's going up against a Buccaneers defensive line that hasn't been quite so good against the run of late, which is a surprise. Um, so I'd be, it'd be interested to see. You've got... Um, in the backfield, you've got uh, Algier, Tyler Algier, and, um, oh, what was his name? Caleb. Oh, I've forgotten the other running back's name, unfortunately, and I'm not going to go and look it up. But uh, a real a real smash-mouth style football going on there. I think um, Arthur Smith's doing a good job in making something out of this team. But the Bucks defense is still really good. Jamel Dean is Good. Antoine Winfield Jr. is good. On the backside, you've got Mike Edwards is playing like an all-pro. And a friend of the show, Shaquille Barrett, is still still getting there as well. He's, he's not having his best season by any stretch, but but looking good. Levante David, still excellent. Uh, yeah. You just gotta say that the Bucks should finally get out of a bit of a funk on this one um, and and seal the deal. And Eric agrees with me on that. So we're both taking the bucks. Titans and Commanders. So um, these are two teams that I really don't think are very good at all. And the Titans are only going to get worse. Uh, they've just lost Taylor Luan for the year. Um, I believe Traylon Burks has just gone on IR with a rather nasty turf toe injury. Uh, Amani Hooker's out, Bud Dupree's out, uh, Zach Cunningham's out. Oh boy, it's um, you're running a bit thin here. Um, 
But of course, Derek Henry is getting up to speed. And there's a few players in that offensive line that are managing to hold it together. Um, I'd be very concerned about that left side, um, especially with uh, Montez Sweat coming through on that side. But he'll he'll get some help out there. Nicolas, Nicolas Petit-Ferrer is, uh, is your right tackle at the moment too. Um, yeah, I, I, like I, I think that more so than before, Tannehill is going to have to look to hand this ball off to Derrick Henry. This, this, I feel like this almost has to be the Derrick Henry game because, like you know, he might start off a little bit slow, but this needs to be the one where you put the ball in his hands uh, twenty-five times, and he's going to get you like a buck seventy and two touchdowns, and he's going to just put someone right in the dirt at some point as well. Um. For <laughs> for saying all that, I mean the, the the commander's defense has been pretty good, really at times. Um, kind of been left out to like left hanging out to dry by a really really poor offense. Um, yeah, like probably play by average, you'd say, but average is usually good enough across the board, and. The Tennessee Titans, I don't know. Just I'm, I'm looking at it. I see some of these matchups. I think it might just depend on what happens with uh, Jahan Dotson, although I believe he's going to be out, so that's going to make things more difficult. Terry McLaurin is not getting much of an opportunity from Wentz here, but uh, I don't know. This was one that Eric and I had both agreed that the Titans would win. And then I said... Because of these injuries, and in the interest of making this a bit more of a competition, I've said, you know what? Oh God, no! I, I, I can I cannot say that particular sentence. I'm going to just say that I believe that the Titans will not win this game. That is not a firm belief, <laughs> but it is what I'm going to go for for the sake of argument here. And, um, yeah, it would just be interesting to see. I think um, this is a game that I really do not want to watch. I don't like either of these teams. I probably do trust Mike Vrabel to just find a way to get that team over the line, even without the full complement of players. <sighs> yeah, okay. Give it to Washington, though. Ugh. Can't believe I just said that. 49ers and Panthers. Um, oh, man. Yeah, Panthers, terrible. Uh, one of the worst teams in the league. Still managed to, to pull out a win. San Francisco, their defense is really good right now. Nick Bosa in particular, I think he has um, like eight more pressures than anyone else at the moment, which is absurd. I think he had 14 in that last game, which is otherworldly. And across the board on the, the, the 49ers defense, everyone is performing from good to great sort of level. Um, you got Manuel Mosley is actually stepping up um, this season after never really showing that he'd be able to do that another way. So maybe this is his excellent system. He's getting the right support. 
Traverius Ward's on the other side for him, taking up a lot more, a lot more of the uh, the hefty talent probably. Um, and the the real emerging star here is uh, Talanoa Hufanga in at safety, uh, playing properly like an all pro right now. It's um, been really impressive, and it's it's that that whole thing about um, just like the way he seems to carry himself and you've got the, the big big locks coming out the back of the helmet and stuff and you've got the name and people are just like, oh, it's another Troy Polamalu. Like, well, you're right. And like, he's like, Polamalu is a USC Trojan as well, right? Hufanga was a USC. Man, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of uh, comparisons to be drawn there. And then on the other side, for Carolina, they're not very good at all. Baker Mayfield is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL right now, not being helped out at all by a uh, very poor-looking um, offensive line, uh, apart from perhaps Austin Corbett's been been pretty good. Ike Aquanu's still having some serious problems at left tackle. Um, Christian McCaffrey, for what it's worth, is, is playing well, but... You need more than just Christian McCaffrey playing quite well in order to get your team to where it needs to be. Um, and you're probably going to need to start using him like they were being used in previous seasons where you, you move him around a lot, you confuse the teams rather than just keeping it so vanilla. Just make the teams work for it, please. God. On the other side, for Carolina, they've... Not been too bad at, at times. Like um, JC Horn in particular has been excellent to this point in the season. Um, again, another another All Pro up in there. Uh, Dwayne Brown's playing nice in the interior. But yeah, it's it's just I think they're probably being let down even more by their their offense though. For San Francisco, Debo Samuel. You 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 saw him. He's uh, he's a, he's a special player. He's just built differently. He he's, he he plays like a wide receiver. Looks like a running back. Oh yeah, he's he's a just really impressive player. Brandon Ayuk hasn't quite stepped up this season. Uh, George Kittle's been sort of a non-factor as well, which is really quite. I don't know if I'm I'm saying it's sad to this point. We'll see how the rest of his season goes, but. Maybe this is the time he finds a bit of fitness and he gets an opportunity to go off. You see him maybe um, taking on, uh, you know, that, that, that third cornerback or the like just blasting past a linebacker or something like that. Maybe this could be a kill game. Of course, you've got Jimmy, Jimmy G still back there at quarterback playing the like bang average role that he needs to play to make this a successful offense. And um, yeah, that's what both Eric and I believe is going to happen. And they're just going to be able to, to roll past this Panthers team that is, uh, in the words of Dan Hansis, moribund. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Arizona Cardinals. So let's just say, obviously, both Eric and I are big Eagles fans right now. Um, and it'd be hard pushed to find someone who's going to say that Arizona are going to win this game. Uh, yeah, so we, we both said Eagles, obviously. Um, but that's not going to say that it's going to be all their own way. Um, they've got Avante Maddox is out um, as their, their third cornerback, I believe. But 
that's not going to matter because you've got um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson uh, back in there. James Bradbury is playing out of his mind. Darius Slay, people think he's the second coming of Jesus after the way that he took on Justin Jefferson in week two. Um, Hassan Reddick's been getting home to the quarterback. Um, you've got TJ Edwards is uh, smashing it up. Um, Nicobe Dean is by getting some some plays here or there. Josh Sweat's coming in nicely. Javon Hargrave's good. Oh, it's just a good, good looking, good looking team here on both sides of the ball. Like I've only talked about the defense so far. Looking over on the offensive side, obviously Jalen Hurts just it's it's just clicking for him at the moment in both the running game and the passing game. Um, the the, the Eagles are just basically grinding teams down in the running game. They're throwing it up in the passing game. They just get themselves down to a point at the goal line where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And what they tend to do is just play it smart and say, like, right, if there's a pass there, Hertz will take it. If not, he'll take it in or he'll hand it off. It's just it's just a, a system that's really, really hard to stop at the moment. And uh, if they're getting Jordan Mailata back at left tackle as well, that offensive line continues to be the best in the league. Um, the the wide receiving trio of uh, AJ Brown, who's just been spectacular at this point, Devontae Smith, Chris Watkins, Dallas Goddard's playing well. And then when you look at the other side of the ball, and it's the Arizona Cardinals with... Uh, it's just Byron Murphy is probably your best cornerback at the moment. Um, but a Baker is obviously a, a still a solid um, safety. But uh, yeah, you you you'll be looking for like T, like uh, JJ Watt even to, to come up here and actually be the one to to force some some issues up front. Um, but yeah, no, I just I don't like the look of this Arizona defense at all, and I think that they are going to be. Uh, like absolutely wrecked in this one, to be perfectly honest. Uh, yeah, so Eric and I both taking the Eagles. Uh, Cowboys and Rams. Now, I nearly went for the Rams just to split it up between myself and Eric, but I just couldn't because this Dallas defense is capable of being really special. And I think that the matchups here are just going to be way too much for an offensive line for the Rams that's just not performing to the level that they need to in order to perform as a successful offense. Demarcus Lawrence had a big game last week. Micah Parsons might actually be the most dangerous edge rusher in the league right now. And that's even when he's when he's being played as an, as an edge rusher. They'll move him around to other bits as well. And of course, when you've got them on one side, you've got uh, Dante Fowler Jr. will clear up on the other side. Trayvon Diggs is playing well so far. It's um, it's just going to be tough, um, especially when likes of Allen Robinson just isn't isn't cutting it, and Ben Skoranek isn't stepping into that that void yet. You just have to funnel everything through Cooper Cup. Um, obviously, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Cowboys decide to deal with that. Whether they just get someone like Diggs to follow Cup. Um, and if that, I mean, like, to be honest, I, I, I think that it has to go through cup this week. And if Dallas are capable of just planning him out, then the, the, the defense is just going to dominate. 
Uh, Matt Stafford is not playing particularly well at the moment. And it's because of that offensive line. It is that whole thing about this team goes the way the offensive line goes. The system is just too dependent on a good offensive line. Uh, like Rob Havenstein's playing all right. Joe Noteboom is okay, but you know he's no Andrew Whitworth. It's, um, yeah, it's just not quite working for them. What is working for them at the moment, though, is Cooper Rush at quarterback to the point where some people are... Uh, are asking, should we really bother going back to Dak Prescott? The answer is yes. Still, still go back to Dak Prescott. But Cooper Rush is doing his job very, very well here. Um, he's got four straight wins as starter for the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, he's finding people like, is it Pharaoh Brown? Or is it, is it Pharaoh Brown or Noah Brown? Maybe Noah Brown, this one, is it? Yeah, Noah Brown, who he probably spent a lot of time with on the practice squad. And is um, maybe making him into a fantastic number three option there. C.D. Lamb, after a bit of an iffy start, is raising himself up a bit here. Um, Michael Gallup is back in the lineup and looking pretty good. Um, oh, I've just remembered, I probably shouldn't play C.D. Lamb in this one because uh, yeah, he's going up against Jalen Ramsey. I may mix that up a little bit. Um, and yeah, speaking of Jalen Ramsey, he is outstanding and just takes away whoever he wants to take away at the moment. He's just playing out of his mind. Uh, out of his mind is just how Aaron Donald functions as a human being. And he's he's going to be going up against like Zach Martin this, this week, but it doesn't matter who Aaron Donald's going up against. He's, he's crazy good, right? We all know it. Uh, Bobby Wagner's playing excellent as well. Oh man, am I going to talk myself into the Rams? Oh, should, should I? Oh, I don't know. I'm just looking at this defense now, and I'm just looking at the way it matches up here. See, I think this, these are two defenses that could cause each other problems. Now, you know what? I'm I'm going to do it. I am going to, just for the sake of it, I'm going to say that I will go for the Rams in this one. Dumb, probably, but um, it's all part of the fun. If, if this ends up coming off and I end up um, beating Eric by like five wins this week, then we'll retire it because I will be so drunk off of all the free drinks that Eric has to buy for me. Uh, that, yeah, it just won't even be funny. I don't want to, to bankrupt the poor guy. I don't see that happening, but we'll see how we go. Um, but, yeah, so that'll be that. The 3-1 Dallas Cowboys at the currently 2-2 two two Los Angeles Rams. A tale of two defenses, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but, yeah, I'd be worried about that Dallas pass rush against the Los Angeles front uh, okay, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, where is my little tab for this? Here we are. Both teams two and two, but the Ravens certainly look like a better two and two team. They just um, have snatched defeat from the jaws of victory on multiple occasions through the course of this one. Um, and maybe the but like the Bengals are just trying to find their stride now. Like this is an interesting matchup. Like I'm I'm quite intrigued by this. But Lamar Jackson is playing well. 
the the receivers are are, are, are stepping up. Mark Andrews is uh, is still looking hot, wide receiver, sorry, tight end even. Um, Isaiah Likely is making plays from time to time too. Um, that's not to say that they haven't ridden their luck. Sometimes there was that crazy play where Lamar just kind of threw it up to Mark Andrews, who just kind of ended up defending on the play before the ball just landed in Devin Duvernay's hands. And I think Duvernay is one of these guys who's been popping up a lot this season. Don't quite understand how. But he's been playing very well, and uh, it's been very important for for a team like this. Uh, Rashad Bateman also stepping up uh, for them. Uh, although is he on the? Oh yeah, he's out for this game. Ooh, that's a big one for him. Long, along with Justice Hill and Justin Houston too. Michael Pierce out. Oof. Uh, on the other side for the Bengals, DJ Reader is out. Um, T Higgins is questionable. Um, but. Yeah, like this. This is one that I could say that the the Bengals could could pull out because they're getting better. That the offensive line is beginning to find its feet after a really bad start. I think he was only sacked um like three times lately, compared to the thirteen or so in the first couple of weeks. Jamar Chase working his way up, perhaps. T Higgins is having a fantastic year, so if he is fit, that would be a really big for them. Uh, Tyler Boyd, still one of the best third wide receivers in the league. Hayden Hurst is making plays for them. Joe Mixon is not at the moment, but maybe, just maybe, that offensive line is starting to pull themselves together and they can maybe do something here. Um, I do like that Ravens defense, though. Uh, Justin Maribike is uh, is looking pretty good. You've got uh, Calais Campbell still producing at 47 years old or whatever he's at right now. Slight exaggeration, but he's literally been in the league since 2008 or something, so he's been around. Um, but yeah, like it, when it comes down to it, it's it's Lamar Jackson, man. His uh, his ability as a as a passer and a runner, he's on MVP type pace. But they just they've just been finding ways to lose. Um, I I, th- I think that this week they will find a way to win. Uh, having J.K. Dobbins back is going to help too, got to say. And Eric is in agreement as we've both taken the Ravens. And we'll just move on to the final game of the week before I completely lose my voice. And we have the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Kansas City and the Chiefs. So right now, who's your best quarterback in the league? Is it? Patrick Mahomes, if so, you're correct. Did you see that nonsense that he put on last week? Just uh, running down towards the front of the goal line. You're like, well, he's got to either run out here or maybe he's going to try and cut it back inside. He spin moves one guy and then just just flips it forward to, to a waiting receiver in the end zone. I was just, it's just such Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he just, <sighs> the creativity and like you, you look at it and you're like, yeah, I could, I could make that throw. It's like, yes, but could you make that throw, having just ran, on like a, like a, a sort of wheel route yourself after spinning out of one tackle, spin out of another tackle. You've got five guys coming in your face. Sorry, uh, then you've got to fl- like have the presence of mind to flip it through to a receiver who's only just come open in the in the end zone. It's just not something that anyone else does. And he's got the benefit of a, a really good offensive line at the moment, of course. Creed Humphrey's playing really well. Joe Tooney's excellent. 
Uh, you've got Travis Kelsey is still the best tight end in football and probably will be until he retires at this rate. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is stepping up. Uh, the, the wide receivers are maybe kind of letting them down a little bit, perhaps. Valdez, Scantling and Hardman haven't stepped up quite yet. Uh, Smith-Schuster is playing uh, reasonable, but you're going to need more from that, that receiving core. Man, can you imagine if an Odell Beckham landed on a team like this? Oh man, I, like I think that that would be that would work quite well. I think that would be really really good for them, and I would hate it as a Broncos fan. Uh, for the Raiders, you've got Max Crosby still playing very well at the moment, but the rest of that defense is really not holding up their end of the bargain. Um. It's just it's not quite looking good at the moment. Um, I think that Kelsey is going to eat in this uh, environment. I think that he's going to just blow past um, Jonathan Abram um, quite easily. I see this one getting out of hand quite quickly because I don't like things on the Las Vegas side of the ball. O offensive line patchy, uh, I would say. Um, You've got pretty strong um, uh, player in Dylan Parham in there, but he's being moved around a bit too. Derek Carr just not playing so great. Devontae Adams, of course, is Devontae Adams, but he's just not... <laughs> Funnily enough, it's not quite as good if you don't have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball. Just saying. Just saying. Josh Jacobs is having a bit of a career renaissance, though, in that backfield. But, you know, that will happen when you go against the Denver Broncos team, who just seems to have no spirit left in them. But it's going to be tough when you're going up against Chris Jones, who is just eating up space in the middle there for Kansas City. Um, around him, you've got a bunch of guys who really need to step it up, though. Uh, we've seen flashes from George Karlaftis um, and, and Frank Clark, but they just have regressed back down to not being particularly good, both sub-50 players at the moment in PFF grade. Uh, Nick Bolton's been performing well. He's really kind of helping shore things up along along that side there. Uh, Lejarius Sneed's really taken a big step up, though, at corner, and uh, it's going to be interesting to watch him take on Devontae Adams this week. Uh, that's probably one of my my key matchups for that. Um, and yeah, in this one, both Eric and I took the Chiefs. So we've got a few here and there. I'll just sort of break through the ones that we picked against each other on. So uh, in the Chargers-Browns, I took Browns. He took Chargers. In the Seahawks-Saints, he took Seahawks. I took Saints. Titans-Commanders, he took the Titans. And for... Going way against my better judgment, I decided to go for the Commanders. And there was the Cowboys for Eric, and I took the Rams for some reason. Maybe this is the time that Cooper Rush finally meets his, his end, and uh, it will make it a lot easier for Jerry Jones to welcome Dak back into the fray. Anyway, uh, I am exhausted after speaking for how long, Solid? Oh boy, man. An hour 15, jeez, how is that even possible? <laughs> like, I tried to say as few words as possible during my day uh, and just save up all of my speaking for being 
one of two people who speak on a podcast on a weekly basis. And the, the, <laughs> the challenges of getting to, to this sort of time. Um, oh, man, yeah. I need to heat up the rest of that tea and have another go at it because I'm um, getting a bit raw up in here. Anyway, thank you all for your your patience <laughs> and listening. And um, I, I hope that we'll be able to keep this one going. Like I'm determined that this year we're going to find a way to get a podcast done for every week of the season because I don't I don't want to fall away again uh, like we like we did last year under under any circumstances. Like uh, at least want to get us to the end of this year and uh, and I managed to pull together something every single week. Um, it's gonna be a challenge um, because there's a lot going on with work and the world is changing again. Um, but one thing that I'm hoping will remain constant in our lives is some good American football. So never, ever have another display like that Colts and Broncos game televised. Um, I think that everyone deserves like three months free Amazon Prime for putting themselves through that. Um, yeah, forget it. That's in the rearview mirror. These days, we look to the future on the 4th and Forever podcast. Thank you very much for joining me. I'm Stuart Bothwell. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, whichever one it may be for you. That was rather Truman Show, wasn't it? Ha, 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 ha.